This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This is Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matthew Kanata, joined by Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Happy New Year to everybody. It is a new year and new Miami Dolphins team as the Miami Dolphins on December 31st, 2018, the last day of the 2018 year, relieved Adam Gase of his duties as head coach, relieved Mike Tannenbaum as his duties as vice president of football operations. And there is only one man remaining, and that is Chris Greer, who has been promoted from general manager to vice president of football operations. Adam Gase leading the Miami Dolphins for three seasons. 23 and 25 over that span already apparently lined up for several head coaching interviews around the NFL. We're going to talk about all of that as we go on throughout the show. It was a move that we thought was coming. The media is playing it out. At least the national media is playing it out like it's a surprise. But those who listen to the show, those who follow the Dolphins week in and week out, know that it really wasn't much of a surprise. I'm happy with the move. Obviously, they're all human beings. Obviously, they all have families. The staff isn't are affected. All the staff members have families as well. So it is a ripple effect. And of course, around this time of the year, it's never fun to find out that you're going to have to get up and move once again. But this is the NFL. This is part of the game, part of the business. And our job is to cover it on the football side of things. So for me. Good day for the Miami Dolphins organization. They are moving on and moving forward, and we're going to talk about their new philosophy. Bahouts and Sutton, your general thoughts right now on the departure of Adam Gase and Mike Tannenbaum. Yeah, just a bittersweet moment for me. You certainly don't want to rejoice in the fact that somebody doesn't have a job anymore, but let's also admit that Adam Gase is going to land on his feet somewhere in the national football league, as well as most of his assistant coaches, I would think. So, you know, when you look at this kind of big picture, man, that culture change that we talked about coming into the 2018 season, you kind of go back and rewind and look at things through a different lens, knowing what we know now. So, you just wonder if we jettison some players and, and don't know how that's going to shake out down the road. But again, that that's going to be revisionist history. The, the really telling quotation for me happened a couple of days ago, and it came from Jawan James. 
And it was this. We never honestly had an identity. When you don't have an identity as an offense, it's hard because you don't know what to go to when things go wrong. You're just trying stuff. That was something that I had been harping on for a few weeks now. And, you know, that was the writing on the wall for me with Adam Gase. I, it's, it remains to be seen whether he's going to be a, a head coaching candidate for a different team or if he will return to the offensive coordinator ranks. But I do think that this was the best move for the team going forward. Yeah, and we kind of talked about throughout the season, we were kind of up down on Adam Gase, thought maybe needed more time because of the injuries. But, you know, things went astray between him and uh, Stephen Ross. Their relationship was ruined. It couldn't be repaired. And the Dolphins did what they – Stephen Ross did what he thinks is best for the franchise. I think many of us can agree that – that's the same team I think Stephen Ross said today in his press conference. You know, when he took the team o- team over back in, what was it, 2008? Maybe a little bit before that or a little after that. When he took the team over, they are in the exact same spot they were when they, when he took them over from Huizenga. I mean, they got – they have no quarterback. They're still looking for a head coach, and they just don't have an identity. So, for him, he's going to stand back. He's going to let that power structure uh, – we wanted a clean sweep, but it didn't happen. But he's going to let that power structure trickle down through Chris Greer. He's invested a lot in him, and he's going to be the guy to go out there and hopefully turn his franchise around. Adam Gase, I mean, you said he's going to have head coaching opportunities, apparently, according to Ian Rappaport and some of the other guys, but obviously lost the locker room. Obviously, he rubbed some of those veteran players the wrong way, and this is what needed to be done. The Dolphins had to move on, and let's just hope better things are to come. Speaking of losing the locker room, the Dolphins had an opportunity. Several players on the Dolphins had an opportunity after the game against the Buffalo's Bills to publicly endorse Adam Gase. And not one of them that was posted on the Miami Dolphins website for the transcripts, not one of them took the time to publicly endorse Adam Gase. This included Cameron Wake, who said basically was asked in four different ways whether Adam Gase should return or not, and he didn't answer the question. TJ McDonald paused for 14 seconds when asked if any drastic changes needed to happen going into 2019. Other players were asked as well. Kenyon Drake, obviously we know his feelings towards Adam Gase, not a huge fan. When Adam Gase was fired as the head coach, several players took to social media and posted different emojis to describe what they were feeling. And of course, we expected it from Jarvis Landry. We expected it from Jordan Phillips. We also saw it from Andre Branch. Isaac Asiata also had a tweet in there somewhere towards Drake and Senator Perry asking them how they were feeling today. So there was some animosity in that locker room. There are reports out that he lost part of the locker room because of his unwavering support for Ryan Tannehill, that he lost parts of the locker room because he treated guys differently. Some were his guys. Some were just regular guys, and he treated those guys in two different classes. And just a lot of different things coming out. Uh, Some are saying that it wasn't true. Some are saying it is true. A lot more is going to come out over the next few days and few weeks as people within the organization start leaking information. And I tweeted out on Tuesday, I said, based on what we know and what we've talked about and what I know and what I've heard, I think the stuff that you're going to hear that comes out over the next few weeks is going to make Dolphins fans very upset. And it may raise their dislike level for Adam Gase to the heights of Nick Saban. I I do truly firmly believe that based on what comes out. Craig Mish tweeted out 
that it all started with the Indianapolis Colts game when in no uh, uncertain, uncertain words, Adam Gase blew off Stephen Ross. While Mitch didn't say anything in terms of what he actually said, I'm told it had as a four-word, four-letter word that is a curse word. And uh, he just basically told his boss to F off from what I understand. And maybe not in those exact terms, but something very close to that. And so, you know, he walked around, Adam Gase did, like he was better than everyone else. He talked to the media in condescending terms. He told them they didn't know what they were talking about. He talked to others in a condescending manner. And it just seemed like he never had that leadership ability that people talked about with him coming in. Everyone said he was an offensive genius, offensive mastermind. But it goes beyond that when you're the head coach. It goes way beyond that when you're the head coach. And I do think if I had to bet money that I would project his career path is going to be similar to Chip Kelly's. Chip Kelly's went into Philadelphia, had a good, strong first season. And then after that, uh, destroyed the roster, dismantled the roster, and then couldn't sniff the playoffs again. And he left. And the Eagles, fortunately, were able to rebuild their roster. Chip Kelly immediately got another job in San Francisco, was a failure there. And then he ran back to college. I think if Adam Gase gets another job, I don't think he's going to be successful as a head coach. I do think he will last there one to two years, possibly, because what if you don't have a relationship with the players in a locker room, you do not have anything in the NFL. And Adam Gase certainly did not have that in Miami. While I don't think Adam Gase would ever go to college like Chip Kelly, I can see Adam Gase fluttering around the league as an offensive coordinator uh, for many, many years, kind of like Mike McCoy has, kind of like others have as well. Before we really wrap up Adam Gase and kind of move on from him, and move forward with the Dolphins organization as what they're doing to fix everything. So, and how it's any last words, any last thoughts on Adam Gase and his three-year tenure here in Miami? Yeah, for me, when you look at 18 of his 23 wins were by seven points or fewer, 20 of his 25 losses were by eight points or more. And there's just too much inconsistency. So for any anybody who's really salty about letting Adam Gase go, you think, you know, man, this this injury thing, it's a real thing. Adam Gase can be a legit head coach. I didn't just invite you to remember how you felt when we hired Adam Gase back in 2016. He was an unknown head coaching commodity. So, yes, we're going to be talking about unknown head coaching commodities about, you know, taking over for the Miami Dolphins. That's not to say that this group should have a glass ceiling on it. So, and in other words, who we hired, who's to say that they couldn't be just as good as Adam Gase or even better. We just got to remember that this is a, a human, you know, this, a lot of emotion goes into these decisions. I can't imagine what Steven Ross went through, but at the end of the day, Adam Gase just came in here. He didn't really turn the team around like he said he would. He wasn't really that offensive genius that many, you know, suggested he might be. It seems like Peyton Manning had a lot more to do with his success than maybe many people even realize. But I think he's going to land on his feet on being a head coach eventually again. I mean, cannot have said it best. Chip Kelly is a good way to look at him. And I, I think what he came in and did to Miami is very similar to what Chip Kelly did. But I think he'll land on his feet. He'll get a job. Maybe he will or will not be successful. End up being a good offense coordinator in the league. But I think the Dolphins had to make this decision 23 and 25 throughout his career with the Dolphins. Yes, he wasn't dealt a perfect hand. You know, we had the injuries. He didn't have Ryan Tannehill for, I think, only he only had him for 21 games, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. It's just, it's just, uh, 
I, I wasn't too excited when Adam Gase got hired originally. I kind of wanted to buy into it, but he wasn't a guy I loved. So I, I think the Dolphins did the right thing. I think they're building this the right way. I just wish it didn't take them this long to figure it out. But how about this? We're getting ready to hire our 13th head coach. We and have the number 13 pick. Yep. Yep. And Dan Marino wore number 13. Come on. Are the stars finally aligning? Basically, Dan Marino is going to be the head coach. That's where this is all ending up. <laughs> you just figured it out. Breaking news. Dan Marino has been <laughs> Yeah, no, but it is refreshing to see in a sense. It seems like Stephen Ross is learning from this because – one, he didn't stay with Adam Gase a year too long. I don't think it would have been any good for Adam Gase to return to Miami for the 2019 season. I think we would have seen a midseason firing. I think he would have been the first one of the first coaches in the NFL to be fired next year because the locker room was an absolute mess. And I think he would have caused more destruction to this roster had he stayed an extra year. So it is nice to see that Ross is moving on. It is also nice to see that Ross is coming to his senses in terms of how he's structuring this front office. Previously, for many years, since he took over the team, he came into Bill Parcells uh, running the trio uh, power factor with Ireland and then um, Joe Philbin. And then from there, it kind of went from Ireland and, and Philbin and then went to Tannenbaum and Hickey and, and everything else. And now he's saying, okay, I'm going to step away from football stuff. Chris Greer, you're being promoted to oversee all the football ops. The head coach is going to directly report to you. And this is your show. You're going to sink or you're going to swim. And I love that. While we don't know what Chris Greer can bring to the table in terms of running this show by himself, we don't fully know what picks were his, what picks he got overruled on by Tannenbaum and Gase, what picks he fought for, what picks he didn't fight for, who was who and what was what. But what we do know is he has over 20 years in the organization. He is well-respected around the NFL. He is a very good, good guy from all reports. And he is a worker, a grinder, and a true scout at heart. When you look at someone like John Dorsey, has a great track record. Chris Greer doesn't have that same track record John Dorsey does. But the qualities and the skill sets, they are very comparable to each other. So this is Greer's show now. He will pick the next head coach. He will define the vision and structure moving forward of this football team. And he learned under Bill Parcells. He learned under Pete Carroll. He learned under Nick Saban. So that gives us hints as to what kind of players he's going to be looking for and how he's going to build his team. And it's going to start in the trenches. And he's going to get big players, physical players, and guys who fit a certain standard. We know Nick Saban came into Miami, and he knew exactly what he wanted in terms of a player. Bill Belichick is the same way. Pete Carroll is very similar. From their press conference today, we got hints that Adam Gase and Tannenbaum would often stray from their vision of the team to fit in missing pieces here and there. And then what you had at the end was just a whole different uh, kind of jumbled up puzzle that just didn't fit together. So Greer is going to reset that. Ross mentioned they don't want to sign older free agents to pair with younger guys. They want to build a nucleus of young players. So we're going to see a lot of turnover on this roster heading into this offseason. It feels refreshing, boys. It's nice to see. We know the Dolphins probably won't have a chance to be good next year in terms of making the playoffs. I'm sure they will be competitive, but I'm excited. I'm rejuvenated. I didn't. He took over as head coach because everyone said he was the next best thing, but here we are today and the Dolphins have a chance to really set this organization on a good path moving forward. 
Quick question before we transition to another segment here. Any assistant coaches that you guys would like to see retained by any new coaching staff? Yeah, um, I think Darren Rizzi would be the only one. Rizzi. I don't think that anyone on Adam Gase's staff was worth anything. Rizzi for sure. I, I would also throw out Eric Studsville. I think he oh, did a yeah, pretty yeah. good job yeah, coming you're in. Right run game coordinator so unless it's someone like Eric Bieniemy who would be the de facto running back guru so to speak and would probably would need someone like Eric Studsville if it were a different head coaching candidate coming in he'd be one that I would think about keeping yep he you are right he as well um it's all going to depend on the coach that comes in and this is going to be a ride probably over the next few weeks Dolphins want to talk to guys in the playoffs currently. They want to talk to other guys. They want to cast a wide net. Here are the coaches that the Dolphins have put in a request to interview. Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, Vic Fangio, Chicago Bears defensive coordinator. Chris Richards, Dallas Cowboys defensive line coach. New England Patriots defensive coordinator, Brian Flores and Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line coach, Mike Munchak. You look at that list, the thing that pops out right away is three defensive guys, two offensive guys, probably just a coincidence at this point. I don't think the Dolphins are going to go anything specific. I do obviously believe they will get the best man available, but I know the name that pops out for everyone on that list is Eric Bieniemy, followed by Vic Fangio. Your thoughts, Houts, on that list thus far? Yeah, I've been looking at this list pretty thorough throughout the the night and I mean you see the different teams that are interviewing these guys everyone seems to be going after the same group so it's going to be interesting seeing how things play out you know say the Dolphins want the enemy and you know maybe the Packers want him or something like that Who, who's he going to choose uh where will the Dolphins have to land on their list of head coaching candidates but for me I mean the enemy he's going to be number one on many people's list but then you got to worry about the whole offensive guru thing coming in here or is it a repeat of Adam Gase but the enemy I mean he's coming from that Andy Reid coaching tree they're near flawless in the NFL. I mean, I think someone threw out a statistic, maybe nine out of 11 Andy Reid coaches made the playoffs or won a playoff game or something like that. So, I mean, it's pretty impressive what Andy Reid's coaching staff does. Vic Fangio, I mean, the guy's defenses are consistently at the top of the league. It'd be nice to see him work with some of these younger guys and get the most out of them. And then Chris Richards, the same thing. I mean, Legion of Boom, he's done a lot with defenses, especially in the secondary that I think it'd be exciting to get him down here in Miami, he has familiarity with, you know, Seattle's franchise, Dallas's. So those are the three guys on my list. I really don't want Mike Munchuk. I, I respect him as a coach, but I just don't know, don't really like him as a head coach. But honestly, I mean, we look at the last go around, Adam Gase ended up being the guy. I mean, they did their due diligence on a lot of players, or I mean, a lot of coaches, I should say. But it, it's nice that you see these names coming out that other teams where you see them, you're like, yeah, I, I wish the Dolphins would do that. And they're going out there and doing that. Chris Greer said he would, would, you know, he'd go out of his way. He'd look at those college coaches, those first-time coaches, and get the best that he can get. So I'm pretty excited for it. I'm interested to see how this plays out. But right now, Bienemy and Vic Fangio at the top of my list. Adeline, you settle down back there. If she's, she's excited, Adam, Adam, Adam Gase, Adam Gase just got fired. She's stoked. <laughs> okay, so here's. Here's where it gets a little messier for me because we have to understand some of the guys that were just fired from their head coaching positions. They might be retreating to a lower position. So I'm looking at a guy like Todd Bowles. If we can get a guy like Todd Bowles as defensive coordinator, then 
I'm really looking at hiring someone like Eric Bieniemy, who, you know, Andy Reid has the most proven coaching protege. That his tree is the best in terms of his protege's head coaching success. So you would have to like like a Bieniemy and Todd Bowles combination. So you you have to wonder if the Dolphins have any specific coordinators in mind too. I don't know if they would go to head coach and then say, Hey, you go hire coordinators or if there's some kind of package deal here. Again, there's a lot of head coaching openings right now. So I think the dolphins have to have a little bit of flexibility of mind to how they're going to approach this. Cause Houts kind of alluded to it earlier. Miami as an organization right now with an owner who just came out and said that this could get worse before it gets better what kind of coach is going to embrace that challenge with the quarterback landscape that we have right now with uh, some of the other factors that we have going on uh, salary cap wise, although, you know, we can move a lot of contracts around and whatnot, you know, how, how desirable of a destination are we and are we going to have to, come up with some kind of out of the box ideas to get our guys. So I'm very interested to see how these things are going to work out. Me personally, if we're going to go the defensive route, I'd like to go Vic Fangio first. And then Chris Richard would be my second option. If we go a defensive route, which I can see us going that route because we have some more pieces on defense. So maybe we are able to catalyze our turnaround a little bit faster by investing on the defensive side where we have a few more pieces and could conceivably have some better results on that side. On the flip side, you see how the NFL game is changing and it's clearly getting more offensive. So then it makes a guy like Eric be enemy a desirable candidate. So we could conceivably go that route as well. And he would be my number one option overall as well as the number one offensive-minded coach. You know, people like the Harbaugh's and Lincoln Riley and even someone like Dan Campbell, I think there need to be some more details emerged to see if they're actually legitimate uh, options for us or if this is just kind of part of the, the newsmonger of the time. So we're going to have to see. And Marvin Lewis, where does is he going back to a head coaching position? Is he going to be a coordinator? So if you can kind of get a marquee veteran coordinator lined up, can you then have somebody who knows that they're not going to have to do as much total teamwork? Could you could could you get Miami to leapfrog perhaps a better destination because you have a legitimate coordinator lined up. Maybe we have to approach this ass backwards. Yeah, we've seen, I don't know if that will work, son, because we've seen owners and GMs force coordinators on certain coaches. We heard about Mike McCoy being forced on Steve Wilkes in Arizona. We all saw how that ended up. We saw Todd Haley being forced on Hugh Jackson in Cleveland. Uh, so it does happen, even though it really never makes it public in terms of you know, who was forced on, it always seems like that coach is bringing in that person to their staff. But I, I do think that Chris Greer will let that coach pick his own staff. And we don't know what kind of staff the enemy would put together. And you're right. This offensive situation is my, in Miami is not to take several years and a coach that knows they're coming into a building situation. You look around the league at the openings right now. 
Arizona Cardinals, probably a more attractive offensive option, right, for Bienemy. You look at the Bengals, probably not. The Browns, absolutely. That's probably the number one spot. People want to go to, you have a strong GM, you have a really good young quarterback, and you have playmakers all over the offense. Broncos are a little bit of a mess on offense, but they still have some young players to build around. Packers, you got Aaron Rodgers, enough said there. Jets, you got Sam Darnold. Buccaneers, it's a little bit of a mess, but Bruce Arians sounds like he might end up there. Um, you know, it all comes down to the quarterback, right? So would be enemy. I'm sure he's going to get several offers this offseason. Would he choose Miami? I probably don't think so. But you look at the other guys, right? You look at Vic Fangio, who's 60 years old, who's dying for a shot to become an NFL head coach, and everyone just passes him over. Reminds me of Mike Zimmer in a way, where everyone just kept passing him over, passing him over. And I think he's doing a great job in Minnesota, despite them not making the playoffs this year. We saw the offensive problems they had, and I think they'll get that fixed going into next year. I'm not a huge fan of Mike Munchak. I don't like the retreats so much in terms of their names keep popping up over and over and over again. He had a shot in Tennessee. I wasn't in love with what I saw from him there. I'm wary of Brian Flores. I'm wary of any Patriots assistance. We've seen them all go on and pretty much crash and burn. Um, I just don't feel confident in that. Chris Richards, I don't know enough about in terms of what he could possibly bring, but I know he's well-respected around the league. Me personally, I'd prefer a defensive coach. We've seen Steven Roscoe, offensive coach with Joe Philbin. And the other finalist there was Mike McCoy. Obviously, Jeff Fisher before that was defensive coach. But Jim Harbaugh, even offensive coach, Adam Gase, offensive coach, and the slew of candidates they interviewed majority were offensive coaches when they decided to hire Adam Gase. So it, maybe they're going through a different approach here, but I always think it's easier to stop or slow down an elite offense than it is to penetrate an elite defense. Uh, we see the Ravens have an elite defense. You see the Bears have an elite defense. I think you could do so much more with your offense and cover your mistakes on offense and manage the game on offense if you have an elite defense. So I'd much prefer to see an elite defensive coach come in here or a special teams coach like Dave Taub from Kansas City, Darren Rizzi perhaps even, and just get this team a leader who knows how to rally the team together and can defer to his coordinators to make something happen. It's going to be interesting to see with how the Dolphins uh, play this out and who they bring in ultimately for interviews. I know they'll cast a wide net for sure. I just want to mention one thing and something that threw me off. You, you guys mentioned earlier about how you know Adam Gase didn't want to be here because he didn't feel like rebuilding. Well, what exactly did he think he was getting into when he came to the Dolphins? I mean, you would have thought this thing would be righted after three years, but what did he expect from Ryan Tannehill to think that this team was gonna he was gonna come in here and be a contender right away? It, it was baffling to hear, and I, it just makes you wonder which of those coaching spots he's going to have interest in. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't understand that. Did you? Did either of you understand exactly what was going on when, when that came out? Well, I think that's funny because the reason why the Dolphins need to rebuild is because of Adam Gase. He had a huge say in this roster. He had control over the 53, but make no mistake about it. He was pulling all the strings behind the scenes. These guys he brought in, they were his guys. So the reason for this is because of him. It's just incredible that he's getting a pass for that. And when Ross said that Adam Gase wants to win now and didn't want to be part of the rebuild, he didn't say that outright, but he hinted at it. It, it just baffled my mind because the reason why the Dolphins need to rebuild is because of Adam Gase himself. I can't add any more to that. I think that was perfectly said. Bravo. Thanks. It's just frustrating. And I know I've turned on Adam Gase several times over the past uh, several weeks, but it was time for him to move on.
But yeah, he, he doubled down on working with Ryan Tannehill. He doubled down on the play calling. And at the end of the day, you have to pay the piper when those things don't add up after three years. As we move in into these next few weeks with uh, Stephen Ross and Chris Greer and Tom Garfinkel and others within the organization leading this head coaching search, we will keep you updated here on Finsider Radio. We will be sure to come back to you with all the latest news and information. Follow us on Twitter for even more news and information. I'm at Kanata NFL, C-A-N-N-A-T-A-N-F-L. Houts is H-O-U-T-Z. And Sutton is at Sutton, S-U-T-T-O-N. Laces out. Be sure to follow us. Be sure to follow the Finsider.com. And, of course, a shameless plug, as always, for ProFootballNetwork.com for all the latest topics and hottest topics around the NFL. So this week here, because of New Year's Day and New Year's Eve and so forth, we do plan to come back to you later in the week with even more information and starting to get a little more in-depth about the Miami Dolphins coaching search and what can we expect as we head into wild card weekends. Any last thoughts, Houghton Sutton? Just looking at those wild card matchups, I'm liking some of those road teams, but I'm sure we'll get into that later in the week. Yeah, this looks like one of the best weekends for football in recent memory. I'm excited. Let's just hope this coaching search goes as well as we hope. Uh, hope 2019 is better than last season. And everyone just be safe. Don't drink and drive. It's not worth it. Happy New Year, everyone. All right. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Thank you for being with us. We started together, boys. I think when Adam Gase was in his first year as head coach, we've outlasted Adam Gase. We'll see what the next coach brings to the Miami Dolphins. For Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. 
And we're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. (laughs) We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find this anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.